I supposed to know the rules if no one tells me? Hello and welcome back to Shallow Cinema. I'm here today with my co-host. Oh yeah, it's me. It's Blackjack Bauer. And I am Nemo. And today we're going to talk about a couple of films. It was going to be one film, but it didn't warn enough for an episode. So we... So it's a film and a holiday special. Yeah, we pulled one quick one in that I didn't even know was releasing yet. So that was actually a nice treat. A little season's greetings. Season's beatings. And I have a lot to... <laughs> well, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get yeah, into yeah. that. So uh, honestly, to start us off with, um, you know, Thanksgiving just ended. Uh, we're heading into the festive spirit season. So yeah, we got new. Do we have any gifts that are waiting for us? No. Have any? Any? I had I had a Chinese food Thanksgiving uh, <laughs> food poisoning weekend. That was a real gift. Yeah, that's <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, uh, he wasn't involved at all. Actually. No. I, oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, m- myself, I did nothing for Thanksgiving either. Um, I tried to get ready for the Warcraft Dragonflight opening, and um, it bombed hardcore. It was beautiful to see. I was, glad- I was really happy to witness that one. Sounds like a similar feeling I had to watching a certain Don't Worry Darling movie. That's a good segue. Yeah, but before we get to that, <laughs> spoiler alert on our feelings about it, um, let's do a little bit of news. Yeah, um, I actually have nothing for regular news this time but i do have some trailer news why don't you get back into the regular news uh well there's lots of big news but i didn't really feel like talking about it because probably a bunch of other places have already talked about it but of course the other bob bob Iger, is coming back into the disney fold to apparently fix what bob chapik has ruined by focusing on disney plus did they hire bob odenkirk no, the Battle of the Bobs hasn't brought him in yet. That's, okay. they, that's They need him for the lawyer. That's segment. the next season when it's the three Bobs, like Game of Thrones. Uh, but in actual <laughs> news, that may be some others haven't talked about. You know, we've mentioned again the Henry Cavill leaving The Witcher. So we got so we got some more Henry Cavill news. There was a little bit. I didn't dig too much into it. Apparently, his Superman deal is not confirmed. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. And by, by now, it could have been confirmed. Who knows what all the details are? But people really, really are not happy with. Henry Cavill leaving The Witcher. And, of course, people have had issues with the writing team on The Witcher because they are changing stuff from the books, which we discovered may actually be why Henry Cavill is leaving. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, we said that in the previous episode. Kind of helped steer season two in the, no, Geralt wouldn't do that. And maybe he's just kind of fed up with it and where they're taking it. So a petition has started to get (laughs) rid of the writers and bring back Henry Cavill, (laughs) saying if one has to go, get rid of them. Uh, as the time of this recording, there's up to 260,000 signatures on this petition. I don't really know what it would take for Netflix to give a shit. Yeah, I don't think um, things are going to work. <laughs> Contracts are also tricky things. So even if like they wanted to, like I'm sure Netflix would prefer to keep Henry Cavill. Maybe. Liam Hemsworth is probably less expensive. Yeah. But on top of that, Netflix is doubling down. We know we're getting a spinoff from The Witcher called The Blood Elves. The Bitcher. Or something. <laughs> but now we're getting another spinoff called, right now, just codenamed Rats. Okay. Apparently Rats are, is a group of, they're not rats. <laughs> they're uh, some misfits we're going to be introduced to, I believe, in season three. And they're going to be involved in season four. In between season three and four, we'll get their spinoff show 
because we'll, of course, be super invested in these characters. Oh, absolutely. Much like everyone got really invested in the elves in season two, right? So we're all excited about the elves spinoff. You I know, don't know if my sarcasm registered. <laughs> um, dude, elves. Yeah, let's let's you know, let's get some more of those elves in there. Uh, that being said, you know, it's got Michelle Yeoh, <laughs> so I am interested in Michelle Yeoh. I do have to say, I think it's really funny how we brought up The Witcher and Henry Cavill in almost every episode. Yet I've only watched maybe half the first season and never played one of the games. Question becoming: Will this will this podcast turn into a Witcher themed podcast? Yeah, for every episode, though, maybe there'll even be an Easter egg. Like, did they mention the Witcher? Yeah, did Henry Cavill make an appearance? Blackjack Bowers say Roach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's. I think it's kind of interesting because my issue with the it, it the is thing was like, uh, one, don't pull a Walking Dead. You don't need to spin yeah. your your successful show off and other stuff. And it's like, hey. Instead of the money and time you're investing in that, how about you get me Witcher Season 3 faster? Hey, shit, there, there's some news that I missed. The Walking Dead finally ended. Yeah, and I guess with the whimper, because I saw... It was, like, it was <laughs> yeah, like no one was talking about it. The only reason I even knew about it is I saw one video in my YouTube feed that was like top 10 things that happened on The Walking Dead. And I was in, it was titled something like that where it was clear of like, did The Walking Dead end? Yeah. I knew it was in its final season. Um, I guess spoilers if anyone gives a shit about The Walking Dead at Clearly all. Clearly they don't. <laughs> um, it ends on a cliffhanger, which sets up the Rick Grimes movie that I thought was dead, but I guess it's walking. So, <laughs> uh, that, was, that was good. Thank he you. didn't plan that because he, he forgot about this news. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I watched the ending. Uh, it was very bizarre. Um, I did, obviously didn't watch the episode, but it just had Rick Grimes walking around barefoot on a muddy beach with a bunch of zombie heads biting at him. And he's going, oh, God, I gotta get out of here. Coral! And uh, like a helicopter, like... Does he step on a piece of coral? That would be... I, I would <laughs> I would love that. He has a backpack and he throws it into a boat, which I guess like maybe that's some symbolism, but I don't really give a shit. And a helicopter comes down and it's like... Rick Rhymes, you are coming back with us. You know you cannot die. Or it's like some weird shit like that. It was like a parody of him saying like, we're the walking dead. And which I mean, is that well, that was a big thing of the comics is when he finally said that. Yeah, but that already happened in the show as well. He already yeah. said we are the walking. Uh, they had multiple versions of that happening throughout the outro with all the characters who live saying we are the walking dead. We are the walking dead. I will admit I did kind of after realizing like, oh, it's in like it did. It ended. I did kind of want to try to go find the episode. Like I would like to at least see how you wrapped all of this up, even though I haven't watched it in five years. I literally just watched the last like 10 minutes on YouTube. They uploaded almost immediately on their official channel the next day. But even that fleeting feeling clearly wasn't enough because I, I put no effort into trying to do so. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, I, um, I went down like a rabbit hole of Walking Dead stuff when I realized it was still going. And uh, they have another show that's a spinoff, but it takes place in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm aware of it. It's, uh, it's the New World or Brave yeah, World. Yeah, something like that. And uh, I remember it's cliffhanger ending, like tied back into the pilot episode of The Walking Dead. Okay. And, and it had like one of the walkers. Oh, my God. It's running now. So, okay. Oh, you know what? Nice. They evolved them. They finally caught up to 28 days later. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I if they had done that. So much. If they had made it a 28 days later reference and said something like 28, that would have been cooler to me. Yeah. On that news, apparently Danny Boyle is interested in doing a 28 days later sequel. 28 years later? That's uh that's what it would 
No, it'd be 28 months later. Okay. Because we had 28 weeks. Okay, yeah. That wouldn't be too bad. I'm yeah, down with that. I'd be down for that. Especially if I think Alex Garland, who wrote it, yeah. he wants him to come back. And I think Alex Garland said, I have an idea for it. I would, Yeah, honestly, that's a one zombie thing that I'd actually be interested in. Or you know, interested in. Hmm. Strangely, actually, I think, I'm, I'm not going to even bother to look it up. I think 28 Days Later was ever so slightly after the Dawn of the Dead remake. But I, I want to say credit right. kind of Walking Dead as bringing zombies back to popular culture. I, and, I disagree. Leading us to be inundated with zombies. I, I think it made zombies mainstream. But Dawn of the Dead and specifically 28 Days Later is like, hey, remember zombies? Well, yeah, look, let's do zombies again, y'all. Do you remember how we talked about that Black Adam was announced before Iron Man ago. came out? Yes. I, it just like hit me the other day that... um. I think I watched Iron Man 2 when the pilot episode of The Walking Dead came out. So That would have been around that time. Or, yeah, that would have been around that time. It's just really funny to think that The Walking Dead's been going on just as long as the MCU. I'm glad that they did finally end it. To be honest, I didn't think that AMC would actually do it. I, I, don't, I still don't think they have completely ended it because they did set up for a movie. Because even like Michonne at the end was like, I know Rick's out there alive. I gotta find him. At the very least, though, the original plan was a trilogy of Rick Grimes movies. Oh my god! I do feel like they have now dropped it down to, no, I guess we'll just do the one. Just do, just do the one. You know what? I'll watch that. I would give that a chance. Sure. I, I mean, I didn't hate Walking Dead. I liked it for a long time until it was like, oh, I see what's happening. You're just gonna stretch out stupid shit, and I, I have to really like, watch is watch the premiere of your season, the mid-season finale. Mid-season premiere, mid-season finale. Like, uh, I really liked Norman Reedus and his funky fetus when he was, like, really the main star there for a while. But then he kind of fell off, for me anyway, as a character. And I, I like, I enjoy watching Andrew Lincoln because he's just really intense for no reason. And yeah, honestly, I, when they brought in uh, Negan... I, I was excited I, I like for Negan. Negan. I liked Jeffrey Dean Morgan, so yeah. when I cast him, I was like, yeah. Like, the uncensored version of that episode is pretty damn good. His introduction is great, but even that, there was such a long lead-up. For me, not having read the comics, but knowing the comic was like, yeah. will you just will you just fucking get to Negan? Like, quit this. Like, we're all Negan's. Like, no, we all know who it is. Like, yeah, just do show it. us, give us the stupid baseball bat. Like, that's what you wanted. And it was good. And then it's just like, it just got boring. And, and then I'm like, I'm done. I, I remember the episode I dropped out. It was the beginning. I believe in the comic, the arc is called All Out War. It is where Rick and Negan straight up go to war with each other. And that's where I also realized, hey, you know what? You can't just shoot guns at a camera and make an action scene engaging. <laughs> Turns out yeah. you have to I don't know, choreograph action and stuff. I remember that episode, too. is really just like shooting at nothing or just holding a gun, maybe slightly out of frame so they don't have to animate it. And also, strangely, like, hey, I know that you figured out kind of how to make bullets, but it seems like this is still a limited resource. Of, yeah. I don't know. Let's not just spray them at the windows of no, this fortress. They had to. They had to hold the budget for their tiger. I think that season the tiger gets it, actually. I think it does. They didn't it need that. Does. They had all their nice, clean Hyundai cars that were provided <laughs> to them. And all the gas. But enough Walking Dead talk. Yeah, this is the Talking Dead now. <laughs> Let's. And what's Chris Hardwick going to do now? Was Talking Dead even still on at this point? I, th I think it came back for this. I mean, I guess this. It, I guess yeah. it should. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it'll start. You remember that was a thing, too? Like That even had <laughs> high ratings where it was like, holy shit, people. Just... That's when AMC decided to like, make another Walking Dead show. This is a that, franchise that now. actually does nothing different than this show. <laughs> but had an, that even had an interesting premise too. Like, hey, do you want to see the beginning of the outbreak? Like, yeah, I do. And then 
don't know, eight episodes in, they're just like, now nah, we're caught up to the original series now. And it also like gives you like the most unlikable cast of characters yeah. ever. Yeah. And was very, very dumb. I, I didn't, I couldn't get past. Uh, no, I think I fell off. You know what? I can't even tell you. I, I don't even know. Here's a little, another interesting bit of news that you might be interested in there as well. Legendary Pictures, which if you don't know, is had been long time partnered with Warner Brothers and yes. is who for America owns the rights for Godzilla, or at least makes the Godzilla movies. They do. They also do like Pacific Rim and Dune. They they've left Warner Brothers. Okay. And they are now signing a deal with Sony. This is news to me. Uh this is something that's been a little bit brewing. Since the pandemic, when Warner Brothers decided we're going to put all our movies, including your Godzilla vs. Kong movie, yes, yes. Just straight to HBO Max, <laughs> which everyone got angry about. But I think also the Zaslav Warpath has made it easier for them to be like, mm, we're just going to leave. Warner Brothers really did just straight to put a gun in their mouth, didn't they? Look, I will defend Warner Brothers on the <laughs> putting that stuff out on streaming one, because honestly, like I got to watch a lot of stuff. I mean, just with all the decisions uh, they're making now. And I didn't have to pay for it. And to their credit, like they didn't know if movie theaters were going to open back up. And if they did, were people going to come? That's fair. They did just start a streaming network. Like, you know what? And hey, Godzilla vs. Kong and Mortal Kombat and a few others, like, still made money at the box office despite being free and available on HBO Max. So I, I think, honestly, like, you should probably give Warner Brothers your hand too. If, like, you probably did help bring theaters back as well since you gave people some entertainment at home. But they're not like, alone in this departure. Oh, so Christopher someone... Nolan, who all of his Uh-oh. movies have been Warner Brothers. His new movie, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, will be through Universal. That's interesting. Universal needs a hit. <laughs> no, they got they got Fast X coming. Quickly becoming the most expensive movie ever made. It's it's going to try to rival Avatar. It's Here already up to $350 million. I know they did hire Jason Momoa for this one. Yeah, they got Momoa and Brie Larson. Oh, okay. Uh, and also James Wan, who did, yes. Saw. Who, who did the best movie ever in the world, Malignant. Uh, he is now in talks to merge his production company with Blumhouse, which that, would also be yeah, moving his Warner Brothers deal to Universal because that's who has. That, honestly, that makes sense. So Universal is capitalizing big time on Warner Brothers' decision to fuck everything uh, up. James Wan is a goofy man. <laughs> I would like to see him get his hands on the Universal monsters. It might actually be really fun. Oh, I didn't even think about it. That would be great. And maybe that's even what Universal's like. Would yeah. You, would you well, like I mean, do this? I, was uh, the monsters Universal? It wasn't, but it was, it was never intended to be a thing. They have a a sub studio called Universal 1440, which is where it's like, hey, this is garbage. We're going to put it out. No, I mean, I couldn't remember if they owned the Monsters or the Addams Family. Not the the new movie. They own the Monsters. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I couldn't remember. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know, that's really good. And, you know, Universal's already tried a couple of times to get that dark universe started. They have done their best. Look, James, actually, other than Marvel... There's only been two universes that have even sniffed the MCU aspect. One being the MonsterVerse. With the Godzilla one. And the other one being the Conjuring universe. Dude. Like, love it or hate it. The, not just the three Conjuring movies. The fucking The Nun. Um, Annabelle. Annabelle. Even La Llorona. Oh, yeah. Is in the Conjuring yeah, uh, universe. Yeah, Llorona. They didn't mention it because they were like, oh, this is a bad movie. So don't, don't, don't say it. But like. The priest guy isn't like. There's some stuff where it's like, is this this is the Conjuring universe? It sure is. That's a that's really interesting. Honestly, um, I'm down with that. Um, I know for some reason, I still cringe every time I think about it. But my parents are like, man, 
you got to see this movie called Dracula Untold. It's one of the best Dracula movies ever made. I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> Can you name a better Dracula movie? Van Helsing. I will, I will fight you. Like, I haven't even seen <laughs> Dracula Untold, but... I mean, interesting that you bring that up, though, I was never a fan of the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. Even at... I grew up with them, so I'm biased, I, for sure. In a way, I almost did. I was in high school when the first one came out, and I was excited to go see it. And I wasn't like I hated it, but I just walked out going like, eh, it was, it was nothing. That's how I discovered one of my old favorite bands, Godsmack. They did a song for the Scorpion King. Oh, I remember. <laughs> they did lots of songs for lots of movies. And then I watched the second Mummy movie when I worked at a video store. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is bad. I don't like this. And obviously, we all have seen the Scorpion King CGI. Dude, I love Which is maybe the most famous, like, what were you? <laughs> yeah. Think, why wouldn't you? <laughs> And it's other people point out, I was like, why don't you just film The Rock and then CGI the other part it's beneath it? It's so him? funny. Um, I actually, uh, as a kid, I really liked, loved The Mummy, and I had a bunch of Lego system sets. They used to have a, uh, a just a an Egyptian tomb-themed deal going on. I'll give credit to Stephen Summers. I understand what he actually was trying to, like, I don't like any of Stephen Summers' work, actually. He also, you know, he did the, G. the first G.I. Joe movie. That's fair. He He does have a campy aesthetic and, like, Technically, really, it should work for the mummy. Also, I just don't like like adventurous movies like that. Like, I'm not a big Indiana Jones fan. The first Captain America movie is probably my least favorite MCU movie, just because I don't care for this aspect of adventure. It, honestly, that's understandable. And even though I will not say that this is a good movie or argue with anybody, <laughs> but Dracula Untold was them trying to start the Universal Monsters. They again, did their best, even though they didn't put a branding on it. And then we got Tom Cruise's The Mummy, which was. I think they were going to actually tie it to Dracula and told. They, they were. There's other to. stuff in there where they're obviously setting other stuff up, but they're like, well, fuck it. We already did Dracula. Let's go ahead and say this. I actually like the Tom Cruise mummy movie. Like, I, it's not great, but I, my expectations were so low that walking out of the theater was like, that was a fun time. I really do not remember the Tom Cruise movie at all. I do say that the mummy design was fucking sick. Making the female mummy, and I love the actress Sophia Batella. Did great on that one. Like, cool. That wouldn't uh, fly now. People would be like, "Oh, woke mummy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mummy goes woke. <laughs> They're it's probably like, even going back like, "That's why it failed. It failed because you made the mummy a woman." I mean, come on, it's in the name of the movie. It's a mummy. It, or they got it confused. It's a mummy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, the biggest thing for that movie though is the trailer. Um, the one fuck up. the accidental like. Oops. I I did watch that trailer as it came out because it just popped up on my feed, and I was like. This is fucking hilarious, and it's still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's also the very interesting look into how movies and trailers are made of, like, there's nothing wrong with that audio design. It's just missing the other layers to cover up how silly this voice sounds. It's really the funny. voice is going to be the same. You don't realize how weird things sound without their effects, mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's a really good version of that. It's just funny to me that it had the opposite effect of Ugly Sonic. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Only other piece of news I have, and then we'll go into your trailer, is uh, the sequel to Knives Out, Glass Onion. Oh, yes, I did uh, hear about that. It, they gave it a limited theatrical run. Oh, so it's already come out? Come and gone. Netflix gave it one week. One week in theaters. Okay. Which, I mean, I didn't even know they were going to do, because I knew that they had bought Knives Out. Yeah, I remember that, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Um, but that makes it the biggest Netflix original movie, as it opened in 700 theaters. And in the time that it was out, it made $15 million. That's to where a lot of analysts are bad. saying it's not bad at all, though. Actually, they're saying like they left money on the table. Like if you have 
you left this out, you probably could. I mean, I I won't lie. You mentioning it right now, I probably would have went and seen it. If honestly, I would have, if not knowing for the fact of well, on December twenty third, it was be on Netflix, which is how you trailered it. You trailered that. So I didn't know the I didn't theatrical even, Yeah, thing. I didn't know it was even possible for a Netflix movie to go to a theater. And it's kind of like, why did you even bother to do it? I mean, was there a test? Like, I don't know. And there may be some, obviously there's some other Netflix. Well, speaking of Alex Garland, the movie Annihilation. Yes. Which only theatrically came out here in the U.S. Everywhere else, it, Netflix, oh, they bought it before it came out. And then it had a very small run in the U.S. anyway before it was just on Netflix anyway. That that was a weird time because I actually really wanted to see that movie, and I feel like something happened and just completely distracted me from the fact that it even existed. Probably something else bigger came out, and I don't know the Netflix of it all. But it, it it's an interesting factor of just how movies are changing, but also like this should have been Netflix once they saw like the first three day numbers, but like oh, fuck it, leave it, leave it there. Yeah, like just make the money. And again, Warner Brothers already showed you like you can actually run them in both places and like. Some people want to go to the theater and see a movie in the theater. There's not a lot of other movies taking up the slots right now anyway. So no, Actually, I didn't pull up the numbers because I didn't really care to talk about it. But this right. Thanksgiving weekend was the oh. lowest Thanksgiving box office in yeah, ever. history. And uh, that was, you know, what? that's a big piece of news. Um, Strange Worlds, the new Disney um, animated movie, just completely bombed. Like, well, so we'll wrap up the news with this. The tie back. Look, full circle. The Battle of the Bobs. Bob Chapek is really focused on Disney Plus, right? So I didn't even really know about Strange, the Strange World. Yes, um, I one of my friends posted a trailer for it in our Discord server and was like, "Hey, this looks really cool." They made the trailer like an old timey kind of thing, and I watched it. and I was like, "I hated that because I know that's not what the movie's going to be." Which is, and actually, do in future like we're going to do an episode about trailers because there is a very interesting culture around that. For but sure. also, with all this Disney Plus stuff, one. I don't feel like they really promoted Strange World. Uh, we saw one poster think, for it at the theater, but we never actually got a trailer for it, despite seeing like three or four Disney movies. And apparently Bob Chapek doesn't like animation. Well, that's so funny to me. Or he doesn't believe it's like viable. Or, what's weird is like, you're, you're in charge of Disney. Um, one Piece has made one of the most money ever for that type of animated movie. And actually before Hollywood started coming back, the Demon Slayer movie was the first oh, yeah, thing that um, really was like, was it Mugen Train or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And, uh, and I think it was the biggest anime release in the U.S. It was before um, Film Red came out. The other thing with Strange World is even someone who maybe did see something of it, like saw a bus ad or saw the poster. Right. Even the look of it now, just from that image, you'd think like, oh, that must be a Disney Plus thing. I'll see it on Disney Plus. Because yeah. of the way that they it, have... It even kind of looks like everything. a show more than a movie. Like that poster does, rather. True. And I mean, as we'll get into with in the next episode. Right. Uh, but like, what does the look of, there's a different look to these things now too. And, and people are getting so conditioned to streaming. And, and especially if, their target audience, which is children. Right. So, and think about children who are maybe three years old in 2020. They've grown up they've knowing grown up, streaming. Right. They Theaters weren't a thing for them. And chances are their parents are like, I want to fucking take you to a theater. Anyway. That's the, and the other part of it too, is even if you did know about it and you knew it was a theatrical release, you also kind of now know it's like, well, if I wait 45 days, it'll be on Disney+. Plus. Exactly. So instead of paying 50 or 60 bucks to take the family to it, I'll just wait two months and then we'll watch it at home. Do kids look forward to movies anymore? 
I'm sure some do like <laughs> I think maybe some like big ones like Marvel movies that they know are coming. Like I was gonna say maybe Star Wars, but they haven't made a Star Wars in a couple of years. I th- I think about like you know when I was a kid, I was like you know going to the movie theater was like a like a a big almost deal? like a nervous event. Like I was like ready to go. I was just like, oh, is it gonna be good? Is it gonna be good? Now I'm like, I yeah, I'm gonna watch Lightyear at home in my underwear. I I still <laughs> I still have an excitement for certain things at the I theater, too. and there's certain things too where I do feel like this deserves to be seen in the theater, like. I did speak to Warner Brothers like Dune. I did go see that in the theater, even though I could have just watched it at home. Right. But I was like, I have the same thing for Godzilla this, and Kong for myself. And I, I have seen some people saying like, because I, I guess that has a the boy is uh, he's got a little boyfriend or they have feelings for each other. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kong had a boyfriend. <laughs> uh, no, oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, he, yeah, he might. Um, but no. Um, and they're probably saying like, yeah, this is why it's world. failing or whatever. Right. No, it's not. Although I'm interested to see now because of that, to see because everything else Disney has done with anything of that nature has been so easy for them to like, we'll cut this out for China. They, they um, someone had a meme of uh, the teacher from Jimmy Neutron where it's just like, it's like, this is Disney's first gay character. And it's like, Sheen, that's the fifth time you've showed they've had a first gay, gay character. Char- they've had a lot of first gay characters. <laughs> so, yeah, like, okay. Um, that one, I just like, you know, whatever. I don't really care. It's just like they wanted to make the trailer look like a like a like a 1920s old timey movie. Mm. And for me, the idea of that would be better if you went all in. Make it a black and white animated movie. Make it look weird. But instead, it's just uh, 3D bubbly characters, this was funny a, animal, blah, blah, blah. This was a conversation I had with a friend of mine, too. Is all the studios now are so risk averse. that Right that we don't get very much stuff that's interesting or even things to like, again, like I'm like, I'd like a cowboy movie. I'd like a pirate movie. Other bit of news, the Margot Robbie pirates movie is dead, <laughs> which I'm not saying that would have been good, but honestly, it's like, I I'm for that. Make another Pirates of the Caribbean movie and you don't need to focus on Jack's like do something. That's not Jack Sparrow. Let's right. do something else. Cause we don't also, when's the last time you've seen a ninja movie and, and like Shang-Chi doesn't even count for that because eventually it just turns into Marvel stuff. Right. And, uh, yeah. and even the Jurassic World movies kind of are just like, they're not even dinosaur movies now. They're just like, you want to see Chris Pratt do some stuff in front right. of lava? The big dinosaur thing that even uh, happened was um, the prehistoric planet. And that was a an Apple TV exclusive documentary series. And I think really good. Like but... Werewolf by Night, which was what you just described. Like exactly. they went whole, whole into it. It was like, I'm going to do this whole thing this way. If that had been a movie, no way Marvel would let them do it. Nope. Like you're not doing this not in black all. and white because people aren't going to watch a black and white movie. Even though it's just like, I would rather do that. Just make something stylized for God's sake. Because I would say Disney is the worst for Skidverse because they make so much money. That's part of they're the MCU formula too. It's like, this is why they're all the same too. Because like, they're not going to take a risk. Exactly. And even the ones that wildly take risks. Like Eternals, maybe would have been better if the studio had entirely backed away from that direction. It's like, do what you want to do. Really good point. But, you know, something that is nicely stylized is a new Super Mario Brothers trailer. I know I sent it to you and I didn't watch it. Uh, but I will say the teaser that I saw, the trailer number one, I'm on board with you too. Like, it looks good. Yeah, I, Honestly, the trailer was very charming. I know Chris Pratt had said that he had a whole deal with, like, he had a secret uh, Mario voice that he'd been working on. And I'm with the consensus of the internet that I just don't hear, like... 
him doing a voice it's a little bit higher pitched it's fine like i'm not really like bothered by it but damn jack black is fucking killing it as bowser the jack black because he he does speak in the teaser so i can't speak to that he's like i'm uh, like (laughs) he doesn't sound like jack black but he, he but he has that like that twang to his voice. It's still like you're getting you know like I know it's the performer I can hear the performer in there. But he is doing he's acting he's yeah, doing a he's voice acting and, and they revealed Luigi's voice in this one. Who, and who's doing Luigi? Charlie Day? Okay, okay, sounds fantastic. He's great as Luigi. Love oh, it so already. This is a little Lego Movie reunion here. A little bit, and um, then uh, honestly, he's quite my favorite part in the Lego Movie. Uh, Anna Taylor Johnson or Joy. It's Anya Taylor-Joy. Sorry. I mixed up kick-ass. She's Princess Peach. Uh, right. Taking on a good, like, a um, more foreground role where she's, like, training Mario how to be, a, like, a hero. Uh, her voice is pretty good, but all I can think is just, like, would thou like to live deliciously? Also, Anna, I do like Anna. She's an amazing actress. The A movie that I really want to see is The Menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of like Florence Pugh, to tie into mm. the later part of the episode. There are more actresses in the world than Anna Taylor Joy and yeah. Pew, you all. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, that that's, you know, odd choice for a voice actor because she's not really a voice actress. I don't really know if she's done other animated stuff. At least Chris Pratt's done Emmett. I and, don't believe she's done any other voice. So that's no. odd. Um, Keegan Michael Key as Toad is pretty good. Like, really nice. Is Jordan, is Jordan Peele in it, you think? I want to say that he might be. Even though they don't have to be tied together, but I remember that from Toy Story 4. It's like, right. well, we got Key and Peele. Um, I know that uh, Charles Martinet is in the movie as multiple voices, but we don't know yet. I think he's going to be Wario and Waluigi. He would have to be and should be. Um, they but were, he can't be Mario because you don't want to hear right. that voice. I, I, I certainly don't. I don't want to hear, um, Wahoo! <laughs> me. Uh, fucking, uh, so long, Bowser. <laughs> but um, Mario Kart is in the movie? Okay. So they're on Rainbow Road at the end. Honestly, looks really fucking good. Do you think there's a Dr. Mario reference in there? Definitely, because it reveals that it's, um, which mm-hmm. is really good. I hope he doesn't pull a Cosby. <laughs> they do a uh, Princess Peach is like, we got to protect the galaxy. There's multiple galaxies out there. Bowser's coming for all of them. And uh, it has like a Yoshi's Island, and um, it's like maybe you might see some Rosalina at some point. It's just guess, really nice. I guess with that, I have a little concern of like, are you trying to shove every Mario game into this one movie? Fuck or, <laughs> or are you just pre-setting up of like, we're gonna make the whole universe of Mario movies? They probably could. They um, could. They, but the trailer shows off Donkey Kong, which is played by uh, Weed Man, Seth Rogen. Okay, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten it from Weed Man. Okay. Um, but he, that works. That works. Yeah, he didn't speak. He just made some grunts, which would be really funny if he just does the I'm Groot thing. Pulled, yeah. I will say it's going to be bullshit if they do not put a Donkey Kong reference in, specifically for Seth Rogen, because the fucking arcade machine starts off with how high can you get? <coughs> do we know? I guess it doesn't really matter who's directing this or who wrote it, because Nintendo would have been super involved. I mean, I, mean, I think Sigeru Miyamoto pretty much wrote and directed everything. Okay. From Japan. <laughs> I mean, they're, they've been releasing the trailers as Nintendo Directs. Oh, that's neat. With commentary from the animation company as well as Nintendo. So, with seeing the trailer, it's actual levels of Mario. There's literally, like, blocks in the sky. There's jokes about the game itself. And I think this, like, this is really do, unique. <laughs> I think this will do what the video game character did as well. as like, this is going to be better than Sonic. Sonic yeah. is... 
I, good, I like the Sonic movies. It's good at a level of like, huh, well, this didn't suck like every other video game movie. Exactly. And there's also, there are some fun bits that they have done. And Detective Pikachu was like that too, but it's really hard to do that with Pokemon since Pokemon has a lot of other successful movies because it's an anime. But I also think it's very clever to like, not try to just do a Pokemon movie. Like, let's do Detective Pikachu. Right. We can do this very different kind of a story. Well, also it follows the story of the Detective Pikachu game. But my so biggest like... issue with the Detective <laughs> Pikachu movie was like, his dad's going to be Ryan Reynolds because you're not showing me his dad's face. Yep. I don't, this is not the surprise that you think it is. Yeah. And also, it may, I haven't, I've never played any Pokemon, but it's like, it's kind of weird that his, his dad's just inside Pikachu. That's, uh, that's what happened in the, in that game. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, well then to yeah. that credit, it's like, we had to stick to the source material. Yeah. It's just like, the thing is, the game, I think, is it Mewtwo, wasn't a flop. Pikachu's not in the game, is he? He is. Because the game is like an alternate storyline kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the Mar the or sorry the Pokemon games have different storylines all the way throughout. It's it's it, there's no real concise one except for the main series games. But I'm 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 seeing now we are finally getting like video game movies are. And strangely, I mean, you do have to give it to Sonic because it really was the ones like oh shit. I guess if we kind of well, try, Detective Pikachu was first. That's true. It was first, and that's probably what led to them like it was make a Sonic movie. Yep. But I also hope they don't take the lesson of like they don't all have to be the kid friendly. Games because, yeah, unless and it's not gonna suck, I don't think it's gonna suck. The Mario movie is gonna blow stuff out to where now ev- they are now everyone will be like, All right, let's make a video uh, game. Um, I mean, The Last of Us might be the one for the adult one, that's a TV show, but I agree. I agree. I mean, because I mean, a lot of the more adult centered games kind of you can even say Ar- around Arcane story. on Netflix as well. Yeah, um, that's weird. Um, I don't give a shit about League of Legends, but at least the show is good. I don't, I don't give a shit, I don't know anything about League of Legends. <laughs> but the show is good. I mean, yeah, so, I don't even know. Um, another and trailer. We are, we are getting Borderlands. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Jack Black as well. It's gonna be Claptrap. And, and Jack Black getting work. And I hope that that movie is gonna be rated R. It doesn't need to be. It'd be fun though. But it's also Eli Roth, so I assume it would be rated R. I would like so, or like it for it to be so. But I hope that it also is good too, so that they also say like, okay, we can do all of this right and i do think we will see as this marvel saga ends and they do whatever they're going to do they're not going to go away they're not going to fade away let's see the smash brothers universe rise dude i would i would <laughs> i actually would legit enjoy a smash brothers movie it won't happen because there's no way all those companies will agree no way like the fact that they're in the game is an amazing thing but right nintendo could still do it with all of their ip absolutely i'd be less interested because i was like I would like to see Solid Snake punch Cloud. Yeah, yeah. While Mario star bombs them. Sephiroth. Get another trailer? Yes. So one release today was um, Cocaine Bear. Just a goofy story, goofy movie. I don't even want to see the trailer. I just... Yeah, don't. The title... Just just watch it. The title and then the poster is like, you got me. Um, I secretly hope that... Well, I guess now the trailer's out, so we wouldn't know. Right. The way that the poster was, I was like, is this a secret Sin City 3 movie? Right, right. Because uh, that would be dope. And I would, I would no hate pun to see <laughs> Mickey Rourke fight a cocaine-fueled bear. That'd be, honestly, that, it's, yeah, that would right? be good. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm in with that one. Um, another trailer that came out was... I will um, say, I think Cocaine oh. Bear is the last movie that Ray Liotta filmed. Ye- yes, I think so. That's, is, that's weird. Which is probably why it's getting any amount of attention that it is getting. Probably. To, well... This is the last movie. The horror Grinch movie trailer. 
I didn't watch that trailer though. Me neither. I was going to save this for the end of the show. We're like, what are we going to watch? Like, there's also David Harbour's got a movie coming out called Oh yeah, the Violent Night. Yeah, yeah. Which I am down for. Yep. As soon as I saw that there's this Grinch horror movie, I was also like, it's probably going to be dumb and shitty, but I'm also in. Yep. Uh, the Just last, like I'm in for the Winnie the Pooh horror movie. Like the last, uh, well, that's what I was going to say. The last horror movie thing like that was the Winnie the Pooh one, which apparently is actually good. Like going to be good. I don't know. I haven't heard much about it, but I know that it's getting some pretty positive stuff. I about guess it. whoever made it, they knew that, that those rights were coming up. So they must have so been they, making they probably it started in doing secret it before. That's pretty good. Also, a hell of a risk on their part. Um, because Disney could have at any point. Absolutely. Happened. The final trailer. That I don't know if you've seen was that '90s show for Netflix. You sent it to me. Did I? I didn't remember. I didn't watch it because I. I don't wanna. That's fair. And the weird thing is, I should be the target audience for that. You should be twofold because one, my best years of life were the '90s, <laughs> so it would all be nostalgic. And like I remember that everything was totally rad and uh, extreme. Well, that '70s show was my generation's friends. The fact that they're doing and they, they already try this. They try to do that eighty show before I, I that seventy show. I, I looked into that. That has nothing to do with that seventy show. It was a ripoff. It's the same creative team, but it was like they but weren't no, it wasn't, supposed to do it. Like it, it was, wasn't tied to that seventy. So show. funny. It was just the concept. Like well, right. Let's do, so yeah, well, this one is tied to it. I will, My bigger concern is the same with that seventy show when Topher Grace left. <laughs> they should have just ended the show. They should have because. Yeah. That was our character. That and was then you had to do all these it. contrivances of why all these kids are still in these <laughs> in Red's fucking house. He's got to go play Venom while the rest of these people are here. Like, and also, and I don't totally remember, but like the episodes of him leaving and like being like leading to his departure, the character was like, this, this it, works really well as a film. Like, it it should have been. Just stop. And um, to go into that, um, the trailer has none of the original cast except for Red and Kitty. It's all their grandchildren, and it looks and feels like a Disney show, like a Disney Channel show. Kurtwood Smith and uh, Deborah Jo Rupp are going to carry this on their backs. I mean, they carried the like the end of the series. And, they really, they carried and it. And honestly, like seeing them in the trailer, it really did feel like you just plucked them out of the original series. They don't look like they've aged. It's actually kind of incredible. No, I mean, seeing her in WandaVision was like, all right, girl, also, you've, you've held up. And, and honestly, and Kurtwood Smith, Smith has kind of always just looked like He's always, he's always like been an old man, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were he's like been 55 years old for all the years he's been alive. It had a good bit at the end where he's like, get the fuck out of my house. And like, you know, I'm going to put my foot in your ass kind of shit. And I, I wonder like, you know, if, well, that was nice, but all these other characters, I hate them. Already. I wonder if this is a little bit, either some of the team or, con- or something behind. There's a Netflix show called the ranch that had oh, yeah. Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson in it. It had multiple people. It wasn't just them. They had more. Returning 70s show characters. I only got through season one because it wasn't funny. Even though, like, they were saying fuck. It was, you know, an open web show, but it was shot like a normal sitcom. And And I believe... You describing it right now to me as it looked like Disney Channel makes me think, like, is this just the, like, is this just the ranch? The ranch looks better, in my opinion. I will Uh, say the house looks almost identical to what they did. But it was, I don't know if it's the FPS or what, because the original show, at least the beginning, was on film. Well, so, nothing's on film. You can go back and look like, at it's weird phase one of the Marvel movies. Right. And be like, There's a little distinct difference in how you look because you were shot on film. But uh, like everything about the trailer itself, it felt like like a cracked dot com YouTube video. Like, 
Well, kudos to Cracked. Yeah, like it felt like they could have made this like the Weird Al Yankovic trailer they came out with years ago, and uh, which led to a movie eventually. It did. Maybe, maybe someone at Cracked did do a ninety sketch. I wouldn't be surprised. Kurtwood Smith is seems pretty cool. He'd probably be down for something like that. Yeah, I mean, also it's paid. Like I don't, you know what? Even if it sucks, I don't begrudge Kurtwood Smith or Deborah. Oh Jarvis. no, absolutely like, not. Get get paid. But the, yeah, they they were giving their all in the trailer. It was really entertaining for Honestly, that. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised Topher Grace isn't. I, I feel like I they're going to. He will show up. Danny Masters is not. <laughs> no, he will not. Uh, you know, and maybe this also stems from they did that the Fuller House, right? And that uh, was honestly, big... it's also Netflix. So and it was that yeah, was Netflix, right? And that was a big success for them. I don't know why, but it it was. So it it's turned a... out that we had more news than we thought, y'all. So let's go into "Don't Worry, Darling." Oh, you want to start with the battle? Yeah, let's. Might as well just as a band aid. You got to rip it off. So a movie that for me personifies a trailer trope of just watch the trailer. The trailer is a really good movie. Trailer is a movie. I'll give it this. The trailer does not misrepresent the movie. It doesn't. And it doesn't tell you what's up. But here's the big problem the trailer does is we now know something is up. And the movie sticks with its 1950s premise for yep. about a solid hour before. I mean, shit is going weird the whole time. But I'll, I'll read the little synopsis here. Don't Worry Darling is a movie set in 1950s Nuketown where a loving couple, Alice, who is played by Florence Pugh, and Jack, Harry Styles. As a loving housewife, it is Alice's duty to care for her husband as he works on a military base on a secret project. Their little town is full of housewives who are running around gossiping, but the town crazy lady is super strange and the men and the women don't like her. However, Alice wants to know more and she gets into a bit of trouble. The genre of this film is listed as horror. However, the only scary thing in this film is Harry Styles' accent. Ooh. I'm Gene Charlotte. So, uh, uh, Gene Dad, Charlotte is still alive, by the way. Seriously? He's 98. Wow, who would have thought he'd have with Siskel and Ebert? <laughs> you get the last laugh. Hey, uh, So, of many things that we could talk about and say about this movie, I want to say the, I want to say the nice things first. Okay, go ahead. The concept is good. Oh, you also, know what? Let's go ahead. Um, Spoiler alert for this movie, because fuck it. Because our rating is going to be don't watch it. Burn this movie. Yes. Or, or, because it is streaming for free, turn it on in the background while you're doing literally anything else. Maybe when you're going to bed, perhaps. Yeah, if you can't sleep, turn this on. Because it did take me three separate viewings to actually get through all of it, because I kept falling asleep. I watched half, paused it, got up and left. I probably wouldn't have finished. Honestly, same. Because the mystery wasn't even in it. Again, I'm not going to harp on the trailer part telling me something is up. But the movie's not hiding it either. Like the way things are being shot is like clearly something is up. And this is kind of weird. Absolutely. It is a very, the 1950s misogyny, not even misogyny, but it is misogyny. It is. And partially I also had this thought of like, okay, I get why you'd be doing this. Because it's a simulation. Spoiler. But it was like, you went all in on this. Like there's no black people here. And as soon as I had that thought, <laughs> black woman showed up. But as Nemo pointed out, she is the town crazy lady. Yeah. Who for some reason also knows that something is wrong. But it's never. And it, here's the it thing. It never gets explained. The movie never explains anything other than the literal conceit of what. The fact like that it's literally what is happening. Like everything else from the. But not why. Constant not earthquakes. How. Like what are the earthquakes? 
Why are the earthquakes? Is, is the earthquakes like their husband getting out of the bed? Like, no, it can't be. I thought about this because the husbands, the earthquakes aren't at the same time every day. <laughs> and the husband, one of them is when the husbands are gone at work because it's while they're gossiping, shopping. And Olivia Wilde, says, her character, says, well, at least we know that they're busy working. Right. Also, you know what? Why the fuck isn't she leaving? Yes. As a, so <laughs> at the end, the movie gets very interesting in the last 15 minutes when stuff is actually explained to us. That's one of my notes. I said the movie is really boring and explains everything in less than 15 minutes. Where Olivia Wilde, as one of the wives, and basically the rule is like this is all men. I think they're all their husbands. but They're all husbands, yes. But the way when Harry Styles goes into it and we see his like, not he's not being indoctrinated but he's getting into this program or whatever they say like partner's name or whatever previous relationship yes which makes me think are you sometimes just abducting women that you that's what that read to me as so i don't know that they're all their wives in the simulation they're all their wives oh okay okay i see what you mean but i wonder if one of them is like no it's not my wife this is just someone i wanted to date and i fucking locked her up well put her in here and that's what i wanted to say here is that the whole movie is literally a black mirror episode it could be a Black Mirror episode, and or but it literally is. It's the Jesse Plemons episode, the USS Callister. It's the same concept where he's just scanning his coworkers into his Star Trek fantasy. And like, and actually, as it, the movie pretty ex- much the same thing, like explains what's happening. It falls apart because it opens up more questions, and uh, all the weird stuff you see in the trailer. Like, I just Florence, feel bad for Chris Pine in this one. I was gonna, I'll get to that too, but. Her getting smushed in glass. Her putting plastic wrap around her. Face. That was um the glass shot was fucking cool. There's again, why did it happen? <laughs> this is why I say put it on in the background because like it's pretty and, yeah, and there the, are some cool the, shots. The filmographer is really skilled. And and I kind of even want to give credit to Olivia Wilde as a storyteller. Like maybe you did the best with with the script that you had. That was the thing too that I saw a report on is like there's so many things that were in the script that she cut that would have made the movie better. Because this does also have a lot of behind-the-scenes drama. Dude, and with that, I'll kind of still say, like, for all the drama that there was, like, it's impressive that it came out looking like it did. Right. Um, I didn't even know there was drama around this movie. I pretty much just saw the trailer, and I was like, looks interesting. I think maybe it's like a whole... I think we like, actually saw the trailer together when we saw Doctor Strange. Yes, yes, we and did. And I did go, like, I, I wanted to see it. I mean, it's like, right. what a good trailer. I'm intrigued. What is this? Um, And also the way the trailer portrays it, it kind of shows that, like, Harry Styles will be the main character. It just kind of seemed like he was just in the movie, and it's like, unfortunately, he is in the movie. And I don't know much about Harry Styles, so it took me a minute, too. It's like, is he speaking with a British accent? Okay, sometimes so that was... that's. I didn't feel like think, it was there. Now, it turns out to also be part of the simulation. Well, that, I think that, that was that. that was not in the script. I did see that. I guess he could not hold on to that American accent, so they had to write in a reason why his accent's fucking British up. British accent would come in? Um, he really should just stick to music. He's not an actor. He even does like the um. Well, he wasn't the what? frustrated the frustrated thing where he like grabs the steering wheel and Fuck. yells in his car. Fuck! Like great acting, dude. Awesome. Love to see that. Maybe it's also next to Florence Pugh, who I will say fantastic actress in this movie. She knew what she was doing, and and so did Chris Pine. What held my attention most was like her. The only thing that kept me was like. And, and I cared for her as a character. In the Chris Pine of it all, I don't know, man. His acting's not bad. I remember I was sitting there going, like, is this good acting? Because all of his dialogue, we don't, he's only in the movie for 10 minutes. It's not much. And all of the dialogue of him on screen is all done where it's clear, like, well, you're obviously the villain. 
like, but that's the thing and, is there and, is and his villain his villainous take is to I'm gonna speak low and slow. Big pauses. It's interesting for him though, because it's like, oh, you're building to something. And they just drop that storyline hard. Yeah, so let's again to go with the They drop the it movie, harder than Harry Styles' body at the end of the movie. Gives you all this exposition. That's good. Gives you all the exposition, which its reveal is, is not bad, but it's the fact of then I looked at the time, I was like, oh, you have 10 minutes left. Yep. You don't need to know the whole story. She's now on her way out of the simulation. She's getting out of here. And so Chris Pine sends whatever the red shirt people are. It's unclear. Of, it's again, totally unclear of how this program works. Yeah. I'm, the only thing I can guess is the thing that she touches that's in the middle of the desert is the logout button. Like, <laughs> I, that, that'll give it. I, I got like it. Whatever. But like, I don't understand who the red suited people are other than like maintenance. But it's like, if this is a matrix system, don't you know what everyone is doing in here? Literally. Like, they know when Harry be... Styles dies because he immediately gets a call of like, Jack's dead. Should there be like a, I don't know, like a script running like on the main actual real world computer where it's just like to where and this a was log. this was a really hokey bit where the doctor's like you should take these pills. Hey, and then he gets up and leaves his briefcase so she can get something out of it that also turns out not really give her anything. But also like can you just delete it? But to go back to Chris <laughs> Pine and in, in the dropping of the body hard, he's got a call and it's like what are we gonna do? She's almost at the exit. He turns around and his wife, played by Jimma Chan. Who I guess also is aware of what's going on. But was like waiting for her moment. <laughs> he turns around and she just fucking stabs him. So our main villain just not dies. Only has no comeuppance with our main heroine. He just dies. That's it. It's and so and weird. She, and when she stabs him, she goes, it's my turn now. What and, does that mean? And it literally is like, what, what, what does that mean? And, and here's the biggest fucking weird thing. It's explained to Florence Pugh. When the men die in the simulation, <laughs> they die in the real world, which is to indicate the women do not. And I don't understand the gender bias of this of this simulation created by by Chris Pine's character. Because I even thought maybe it would be like a sex trafficking thing at some point, but no, nothing even leads to that. And and you actually did some extra research because we were shown the real world, and honestly, what we're shown yeah. just looks like our modern day. But it, it was literally just something I scrolled past, and I was like, oh, yeah. It's supposed to take place in twenty or uh, twenty fifty, and maybe that's just to get the conceit of this machine existing. But it's like, I, with all the other weird stuff, like I buy the machine. I, I yeah, like it did, you, you no part have, of that for me in twenty twenty two. You like, don't have to Blade Runner me to for me to understand it. It's really weird. And the reason Harry Styles puts Florence in here is because he loses his job, and, and he she's is like, mad that she's not making him dinner anymore. <laughs> And one, yeah, it is very much that. So this, and I guess it's supposed to be the theme of this movie is like men controlling women. And I guess he's hanging down on Reddit boards. <laughs> because again, there's two things this movie does nicely of. It foreshadows this weird thing with Tuna. And also all the early scenes with Florence, she's barefoot, which is to also kind of show the submissive. You know, I didn't, I didn't catch that one. Of women. So again, like there is stuff that, and I'll, also I'll give Olivia Wilde who directed this credit of. Okay, there's some stuff here. This is where I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you of because good being in the movie <laughs> because I think that Olivia Wilde really wanted to push a message of like some powerful feminism stuff for this, but she got her own message wrong. Like she fucked it up. Uh, one of the quotes that I found here is that um she went to a Vogue magazine. She wants to make a movie about good sex. She keeps saying. Why isn't there any good sex in film anymore? 
She also said that she wants the audience to realize how rarely they see female hunger and specifically this type of female pleasure. It's rape. I will say, I mean, yeah, one in it's in literally con- non-consensual. In the context of consensual, maybe for the couple we're watching because they are married, maybe in her head it's like, well, okay. Although a husband can still rape his wife, right. but it's still like what? But I, I mentioned before we started recording too, like towards the end of the movie, I was like, why is this movie rated R? Because they haven't really cursed. There's not the violence. the sex scenes were like very it was like because the sex scenes intense, which were but they also weren't they weren't graphic they weren't graphic like you don't you don't see Florence. Yeah, fully naked. I mean, you kind of do when she's in the bathroom a little bit, but it's never anything gratuitous other than the like the first real sex scene is just Harry just chowing down on yeah. not dinner. And I think that was the moment that and Olivia he, Wilde started dating Harry Styles. And it's like Olivia, that's just acting, right? You you know that Florence wasn't really in O Town. But also Olivia, that's literally what directors get in trouble for. Don't date your actors. Well, they're broken up now. Oh, okay. So it didn't even work out. And, Damn. And poor Jason Sudeikis. But and he was in her last movie, which he was, which I haven't seen, but I remember getting a lot of praise. Oh yeah, it got a ton of praise, and I I think that it's well regarded. And also, I know like this is totally a very different movie. So again, I do want to give her some props. Like you didn't at least you tried something. You didn't do the same thing you did. I know that uh, Florence also put out a statement that was just like, uh, when it's reduced to your sex scenes or to watch the most famous men in the world go down on someone, it's not why we do it. It's not why I'm in this industry. Obviously, the nature of hiring the most famous pop star in the world, you're going to have conversations like that. That's just not what I'm going to be discussing because this movie is bigger and better than that. And the people who made it are bigger than better than that. So it seems like she's trying to dig at Olivia Wilde there. Well, she also didn't do any of the she, press. She, she, she would was at not. the premiere, but she did not do the press tour, which led to there being like, oh, maybe there's beef between her and Olivia. Again, you know what? I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, like the, the whole like drama thing about it i saw something that someone said that harry styles just spit on chris pine which i don't think was a thing either i don't think so but i was just like that's pretty funny because i feel like both actors or their camps have said like that didn't happen it would be funny though but also kind of be like for what for the 15 minutes that chris pine's in this movie yeah he got pissed off dude uh, this movie just really wanted to be an a24 film so originally olivia wilde wanted to be the lead okay she hired florence after seeing her performance in midsummer of course Oh, and then Shia LaBeouf, that was the thing. Right, he was supposed to be Harry Styles' character, and then there's a scheduling thing, and Harry Styles' concert got dismissed because of COVID. So then we, And again, I really don't care about all of that. I, I just want to talk about the movie that I saw, what we got. And so also, like, the concept is neat, although not totally original, because for the beginning, I was just like, is this a Stepford, Stepford Wives situation? Yeah, like, like I said, if you shorten the movie, it really could have been in a new season of Black, Black Mirror. Mirror, like really. But you know what? Black Mirror usually explains itself. It does. Well, for the most part. Or at, least, or at least gives you enough to be like, I think that this is what happened. Uh, what's the... Um, or this is why these things... Th- it explains it, its rules. San Juniper, was that that episode? San Junipero. That was a pretty much a very similar concept. And it ended up being like one of the most heartwarming episodes they ever made. And a, this is not a horror movie. It's a thriller. I still cannot believe that it is listed as a horror movie. Well, and I think some of the score thinks that it is a horror movie. It definitely does. And and maybe it's a female horror movie. Like, this is terrifying for a woman. But this also, would be terrifying for anybody. Hey, but according to Olivia Wilde, this is for female pleasure. And it's the other thing I want to get at is there is the, the sex that is in here. I was wondering, like, 
is is a man's prowess enhanced inside this world? Because it's like the yeah, the other literally real sex scene we see between Harry and Florence. They're at a party at Chris Pine's house, and <laughs> he's just too horned up. Like he's he's got to have it. And she's even like, "There's people outside," and but she's just like, "Take him." She just take like, "Go ahead, take my panties off." <laughs> and then Chris Pine just walks right in. I mean, it's his house. Cool. Fair enough. And then he just like leans on the wall and watches. And I was like, "Oh, I guess you, no one sees him." But no, Florence yeah. makes thirty second long eye contact with him. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't to say Harry anything. doesn't just kind of. Stare, and she's clearly uncomfortable. But and, and then Chris Pine just made, smirks and goes, "Yeah," and then leaves. It kind of made me think that she had a thing for him. Like she's like, "Oh God, don't come in here right now." I, like, I, I wondered if that was a thing. And maybe now that you're telling me, like the Olivia was pulling weird. stuff out. Yeah, because at the dinner scene, Chris brings up like, like, like I trusted you in my bedroom. And I was like, "Was that your bedroom?" I guess I didn't really. I, yeah, I thought it was like a fucking closet or something. And he's clearly saying a way of making it sound like something happened. And this is the climactic scene of the movie where Florence at a dinner scene is in front of everybody calling out like he's doing something to us. And yeah. also because now we know the simulation, there's a scene too where Florence is breaking eggshells that turn out yeah. to have eggs in them. And I'm like, what yeah, is that? <laughs> it's weird. And now, and then when you explain the simulation, it's like, so was the simulation glitching? Yeah, was it a broken? bug? And also, why is she figuring things out or waking up. Why I, did the other woman, what is the case of this? I think they half-assed a plane or explained um, a, a plane. I was thinking of the plane. Um, they half-assed explained that. Yeah, what uh, was that? Yeah, what like was the plane? I was going to say, they never. Because it turns out they're not doing it. Like the, and the, the plane job, was the kid's toy. The military base they go to thing, that's just them exiting the simulation. They're not going to, I mean, they are going to work actually but out of the what? simulation. <laughs> so like, why is there a plane that is crashing? And then yeah, I was like, oh yeah, the the black woman. I'm sorry, I keep saying that, but I can't remember her name. I don't. Yeah, she was playing with a little toy airplane. It like was that. like her son's toy that she lost in the desert. So yeah, it's like what? What? You can't just throw like, you know, watch WandaVision. Everything that's weird in the first <laughs> handful of episodes of that show, you know, for the turns out to have a reason. Speaking of WandaVision, that's basically what Olivia Wilde's character Bunny is doing. She's like, I'm staying in here because my kids are here. I lost them in the real world. All right. So again, the movie gets interesting at the end when she reveals like she knows what this, like she knows she chose this. So I was like, is your husband awesome? Like, did you both choose this? <laughs> I'd almost want to see a director's cut. If only like, yeah. please explain to me. Because then, yeah, when what Flo is happening? Florence kills Harry Styles. Very easily. Well, you know what? To be fair, most movies when they show people get hit in the head and just knocks them out, like maybe this movie was more realistic. Like, no, that would kill you. Yeah, it's fucking dead. And he just drops, as you said. I and thought that was, I actually liked that. I did too. I think I liked just seeing him leave the movie. <laughs> and that's when Olivia explains she knows what's going on. And she's like, you got to get out because they're going to kill you in the real world. Whereas like, which we don't ever really see or go back to. No. She gets chased in Yeah, here. the one thing that you actually want to see of this movie, and even Harry not says, to show you. He doesn't even know who the other guys are. Florence walks out of the house. All the other couples that we've been with in this movie are also walking out. They just stream Nick out. Nick Kroll, who's in this movie for some reason. I didn't even know he was until you mentioned it. He was married to Olivia Wilde in this movie, is like flipping out. But the other wives look like they're now also like, now they believe her. Now they're waking up. She's not saying anything to them like she did at dinner where they did not believe or listen to her. And I was like, are you the one? Are you Neo? Like, Are you waking everyone? Literally, up? like, are, is this just the Matrix again? But also, like, also I guess the first lamps? girl, she doesn't care, or she doesn't count, like, okay. Street lamps start exploding? No, no reason. And it's like, 
it looks cool. This looks like a climactic thing happening. I don't understand why. Like, no basis for why. Never. Like, just like the eggs thing. It's just like, I guess you could chalk it up to computer glitch. But also, it's just like, hey, it looks really weird and mysterious. Let's pull that for the twist. And you know, in the, all of that could have been if there was one line of dialogue between the men of just like, something's wrong with yeah. the system or something. I think they kind of tried to explain that Harry Styles was a computer coder. And that's what he was actually doing is that's why he got the promotion or whatever at the party. And then he started doing a stupid ass dance. It's like, Do, does that mean sense. that's what his job is in the real world? I think so. Maybe possibly because he also states, look again, the whole reason he put her in here was he lost his job and she was picking up extra shifts and she's a surgeon. And so she's working 30 hour shifts surgeon. and he's angry because she doesn't have her phone in the OR. And he even says like, well, it'd be nice to know that. It's like, Dude, how long have you been married? To yeah. Do you, also, do you think that surgeons bring their phones with them in the OR? Like, literally, like, what? Like, there's any number of things you could have had be a conflict between yeah, these two people. Yeah, uh, uh, sorry. Um, can you get, can you hold the scalpel real quick? I got to text my boyfriend back. He wants tuna for dinner. It turns out that, uh, you know, he was having trouble getting another job. Because we kind of even see a progression. Like, his hair gets a little bit longer. He gets a little bit rattier looking. I'm just like, okay. So then he <laughs> gets her in this system, and now he can get a job? And he says, as he's explaining to her, he's like, I hate it. I fucking hate what I have to do so that you can be happy in here. And we can be happy in here together. It's like, why didn't you just get a job? What do you do when she was out there? And that seemed, then your, your relationship seemed fine. Just get a job. That's all he had to do was get a job. And you did it. Like, what? <laughs> and now you have to take care of her body, restrained to a bed forever. Awesome. Love that. And also, what was up with the, I mean, it's very pretty looking, but the dancing women. Monsters yeah. think that sometimes, I guess this is the horror bit, sometimes their faces look like monsters, but only I, sometimes. I don't know, it looks creepy. Let's add that in there. That's all the cool stuff in this movie is a, uh, I don't know, it looks creepy, right? It's cool that the glass like smushed her against the wall for some, <laughs> and even that I thought was like, is, was this Chris Pine fucking with the system to kind of like punish her? But no, I don't think, right. it, like, I don't think it is. And here's how the movie could have been better. If you're going to play this whole 1950s thing up, one Cut the trailer entirely differently. Just, yeah, completely. Two, set it up to where we aren't immediately just like, something is wrong. Instead, make us as the audience for a little bit be like, is she crazy? Is, as, like, doubt her. Like, not completely, just like, weird things are happening, but like, I don't know, you could be crazy. The movie is just almost nothing. Like, nothing really happens. And I want to point out, because as I watched this, I was like, who wrote this movie? Oh, yeah. You told me about this one. I'm not even going to say their names because they don't deserve that. They wrote the only theatrical thing you know that they wrote is the Chernobyl Diaries. Great movie. But they also wrote a direct video movie called, they wrote and directed, called Titanic 2. Titanic 2. Which was still made at a time when Blockbuster existed and it's a movie entirely <laughs> made to be like people would be at Blockbuster like, oh, there's a sequel to Titanic. Well, Gotta get that. Stupid. And then there's someone else who did write the screenplay who has written some things that are more clever but she still took yeah. their story she took a shit source material basically and had to pretty it up and then olivia wilde decided to ignore that part i want the sex i want the raw theme i'm hungry for harry styles <laughs> i mean i wanted shia LaBeouf, but i'll take harry styles i guess that's the thing that still surprises me at all is just like you wanted to cast shia labeouf like, you know what to be honest though i, I would have been more engaged because who he would have done something else with that performance yeah it would have been a lot crazier he wouldn't have grabbed the steering wheel and yelled, fuck. He might have jumped on top of the car or something instead. And I also kind of wonder, like, what would it have been like with Olivia Wilde in the lead? Yeah, I don't know. It's so, it's so weird. I just, I don't know. 
I guess, you know, there's not a lot more I can say about this movie. Yeah, like uh, I said. The only thing that, this is going to be weird, and this might just be me being fucking stupid and weird. But the set design reminded me of the Flintstones movie. <laughs> John Goodman. That is weird because there's nothing prehistoric about this. No. <laughs> Although now that you say that, what I'm thinking was how much of the desert, and when she's on the trolley, my immediate thought was too, is like, is the trolley driver real? Is that a real person? I keep fucking up in my head and thinking that the trolley had rock wheels. <laughs> you know what though? It might as well have. They might as well have thrown something like the like I would have liked throw the snap. Cloverfield monster in there. Fuck it. That'd yes. be weird. It's DLC, dude. Actually, uh, yeah, if they tied this into the Cloverfield universe, I'd be like, okay, well that let's slightly more sense. I mean, let's be honest. If this is a real simulation, some of those women would be anime girls. Or at least have cat ears. It's got to be real. It's got to be 1950s. You didn't do that in the 1950s. Sure. Um, also, would uh, you recommend no. watching this movie? No. Unless you love Florence Pugh. I just feel bad for her. Um, and like I said, either don't watch this at all or turn it on and mute it. Those are pretty things happening on the Watch screen. the trailer. Or that, yes. Take two minutes out of your day on your phone. Watch, watch the, the trailer. trailer. Go turn on Black Ops 1 and just go play on Nuketown. Pretend that Harry Styles is in the background when the round ends. You know what would have made a better ending if the solution was like, nuke it? They should have. They absolutely should have. Except they couldn't because then the men would die because they die if they die in the simulation. That's what Florence should have done with her new mind powers. Yeah. She said, this reminds me of Black Ops when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, so even the car chase scene, like I called immediately, was like, are you going to break? And they're going to crash into each other. Dude, in the like a wide open desert. <laughs> and also it's like drive around. And also I was like, why is the doctor, why is he in here at all? Just be out in the real world. Like, I, sure. I want to see a supercut where someone does the same thing, but just like driving up next to Florence as she's riding, you just see like Tom Hardy, like, argh, argh, like on the front of a car. Yeah. Witnessed. <laughs> so that's, don't worry, darling. Don't bother watching. Don't worry about it. Let's get into the good shit. So Guardians of the Galaxy are back after five years. It's been five years since we've seen them. And James Gunn has delivered us a delightful little Christmas special where we get to catch up with the Guardians, kind of find out what's going on with them. Yeah, the last time we saw them was Thor. I'm not even counting that. I was just going literally (laughs) by their movie. But you're right. I guess they're also an endgame. Yeah. I mean, they they are War. kind of the main part of um, Infinity War. And they are ever so briefly in Thor. But we discover that, obviously, Peter Quill, being from Earth, he knew Christmas. And this is also, strangely, a kind of homage to a terrible Christmas special called the Star Wars Christmas special. I picked up on that, too. Uh, James Gunn, even, he mentioned it. Oh, cool. That okay. He wanted to, like, do that, but right. Nice. Um, and I think he kind of because we get an animated opening. And it's it's even kind of janky animation. It's definitely the same system they used for What If, but they decided to like take away some texture. It also kind of a little bit looks like rotoscoping. There, I feel like there was at least on uh, Michael Rooker's Yondu. Definitely motion. And if you don't know what rotoscoping is, it's basically they took one of the funniest film, things you can possibly do, and then they animate over the live film. I think it's hilarious. Uh, and we see kind of the first time Peter tried to explain Christmas and Yondu like. Bitches out him and Craglin. I don't know about all the damn Christmas. Ravagers, we 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 earn what we get. We earn what we get. 
And it turns out this was Kraglin <laughs> telling the story about how Yondu ruined right. Christmas. And so Mantis wants to try to give Peter a good Christmas. And that's what the movie is. Like, that's that's the main summary of the movie. And if you haven't seen it and went to you, then go see it right now yeah. because we're, now we can't, we now can't it, not spoil it. Yeah, that's it. Like, now it's time for the spoilers. And, oh, well, we can't say, like, her idea given to her by Drax to how to give Peter a good Christmas gift is, well, he really loves this Kevin Bacon he's talked so much about. Let's go get Kevin Bacon. Let's go get him. And thusly, the real Kevin Bacon is in this movie. Um, now, spoilers. We also immediately get dropped on us that Mantis is Peter's sister. Okay, so this one is one for me that I was like, wait, people didn't realize that? I, I kind of call that on in I mean, Guardians 2. To a degree, you should have kind of known it. Like that's I, I got it. Because Mantis says she has a secret. And also, like, yeah. do you think that this giant living planet just has this bug lady around? That's, yeah, so I was like, yeah, she's totally... Another one of his kids. Yeah. Um, but it had never been confirmed, so it's confirmed here. And another thing James Gunn said in this interview, too, is it was nice to do this holiday special twofold because he gets to set up stuff for Guardians 3 so he doesn't have to explain. What, now, a, what the, a privilege, by the way. That's like a director's dream to not have to explain extra story in your movie. <laughs> I mean, although it's also kind of the Marvel way, right? It's like, oh, do you not understand all this stuff? We needed to watch these three. Of- you had to watch WandaVision. <laughs> But in this case, like, and I'm, I'm sure Guardians 3 will kind of work without having seen this. For sure. But we discover the Guardians have bought Nowhere, the giant skull in space. Who'd they buy that from, though? Uh, from the Collector. I think they even say when they bought it from the Isn't Collector. Isn't he fucking dead? Didn't Thanos kill him? We, we never saw him kill him. We just saw that Thanos made a, like a hallucination of him, so we don't know that he killed him. Okay. But also, Benicio Latour is not here. Right. Maybe he'll be in the third volume. At the beginning uh, or something. Uh, but equally, apparently, Guardians 3 is pretty heavy and dark. So he said it was also nice to be able to, like, go take a couple of days and just do this goofy, fun thing. So yeah. off the show, I did say that I was like, oh, I wonder if they kill off all the Guardians. And we'll say Drax has a line at the beginning where he's like, a story's not good unless someone, someone dies. dies. I was like, okay. I hate stories where everybody lives. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, thank you. And I was like, hmm. Okay. Oh, we also really get to see Cosmo, the space dog. So I forgot this character existed. Strangely, no Howard the Duck. I thought he might have been, but it's fine. I don't need him. I didn't think about that either. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Mantis and Drax. And really, this is, it's a Guardians of the Galaxy special, but. It's Mantis and Drax. Mantis and Drax. Uh, which is great, though, because they're kind of two characters that are, more to the side or background in the Guardians films. Um, for myself, I really like Drax. I think Batista is very, like, great in that role. I but this I, was the best Drax. For sure. And I really, really love Mantis. Literally every movie she's in, it's always a joy when she's on screen, even I mean, in the background. She's an adorable character already. I like her a lot. She's kind of, like, maybe the best part in Guardians 2. Like, her yeah. scene with Drax laughing in Guardians 2. It's good. And just her kind of learning certain things. But um, I loved her even more in this where you got, she got to be so much more of a character. Absolutely. Like you get to see her kind of yell and be, I did it's like a that. dumb joke, but like Mantis is like, you know, my secret. And Drax is like, you mean that you ate all the Zarg nuts out of the commissary? Like, no, the other secret. I can't oh, believe you tr- remembered the, I can't believe you remember what the nuts were called. I could not. And then like a few seconds later, he mentions it again and she just like 
drop the Zarg nuts. He was like, she was like, drop it. And I was like, oh, that, for me, I was like, that that really landed for me. And I was like, I actually like that, even though that is such a stupid joke. And I'll be like, like, this is a, it's, it's nice. It's this heartwarming. This is a very lighthearted, heartwarming, and, and I mean this in a positive way, throwaway story. Like, um, this isn't, this does not impact the MCU at all. No. The movie really opens with a band singing to Peter Quill about Christmas. they just Christmas. learned about Christmas, and they just it's, got Earth instruments. It's a real, like... It's the it, old 97s. It's, it's a it, real band. It's an actual band in the movie, and it's like, you know what? You do that. Like, for James Gunn production, you know there's going to be some music. Why not just bring the music and be part of the movie this time? And again, good choices and choices that make sense at one point. Mantis is chasing Kevin Bacon, and it's... The song plays like I want to like bring me a Martian for or I want alien. Yeah, yeah I want an alien for Christmas. Kevin Bacon for whatever reason is watching the terrible movie Santa Claus versus the Martians. Yeah, but I know why he's watching. It's like because this is a James Gunn movie. Because James, James Gunn, Gunn would absolutely being, know. About he would this. know exactly what that is. Um, it, it plays Christmas time by Smashing Pumpkins, and I was like, cool. Yeah, much better use Smashing Pumpkins instead of <laughs> Bullet with Butterfly, which yeah. just being, in which you get what you get with James Gunn is. Proper use in and out of the songs. <laughs> and it, it really worked. And it's like, see, this is why you let James Gunn do it. You stop doing it. He did say he wrote this in four hours. Yeah, that works. He, but he also, I mean, I don't want to say he's just like he didn't give a shit. He did. He just like, it just came out of me. Like it just flowed out. And the dude's good. Just like Harry Styles. There's a little bit of an issue with the Kevin Bacon bit of like, he's so shocked by them. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, but you live in the MCU, so like, you, you know about aliens and superheroes, and the blip happened. Um, I, that I actually wrote this down as a note. Um, they go to Earth to go find Kevin. They forgot to turn the shield cloaking device Not on the thing. Drax, because there's another Sorry, funny yeah, Mantis line too, where she sees him turn it on. That's that's a very stupid type of joke that shouldn't land, but it's the reactions of the people that got me because. They're the one fucking people in Eternals. She's literally start, just like starting cry. to hyperventilate and cry. I'm like, this is what I want it's to see. It's a subtle thing of like, oh, because you would be terrified. Because in your world, like, you have seen something like that. Like, like, something bad's going to happen. The, the, the Eternals thing, no one really had a reaction. They're just staring up in the sky where I would have killed myself in that situation. For this one, I was like, thank you. It's just like four or five people standing outside while like. <laughs> it's almost like James Gunn knows what he's doing. He was like, that was good. I loved that. But uh, they're the further of their Earth adventures, because they're in Hollywood, right? So walking down Hollywood Walk of Fame, I, I saved, and the, they see all the cosplay performers, yep. and because neither one of them would know what that is. Like, there's not really a fish out of water aspect of this, because like they're not dumb. Like Mantis understands what money is, but they see a Captain America cosplayer, and Mantis thinks it's Steve, so she, she yells out Steve and runs to him, and he just. Runs away terrified. I and liked that a lot. And she also, just like doesn't give a shit. <laughs> we also apparently learned that in the MCU, GoBots are real. That that really got me. Was it like, she, he's like, hey! Drax sees, and I'm sad that I even know this. His name is Psykill. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty sad. <laughs> um, I liked the GoBots when I was a little kid. And Mantis explains, oh, no, 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 no. His cousin was killed by a GoBot. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I thought it was his brother for some reason. No, because Thanos is the one who killed his family. But thanks for that. Did you just make GoBots a thing in the MCU? Like that's pretty. They're funny. not even like a product. It's like no, no, no. 
I really liked that. Oh, and that was my favorite line of the movie. It's just like, Drax, stop being a bigot. And it's like, yeah, it was very good. That got me. And don't worry, there's some jokes that don't necessarily land, but like she doesn't know that that's not Steve Rogers, but she knows what a bigot is. That's fucking amazing. Uh, Mantis does have interest in using her powers, and it's kind of fun where they get a star map. And oh, I, I wrote down some stuff of those all the people of the Hollywood star. Um, you see uh, Zorro and Jack Sparrow, yep, and um, then you see another Ant Man cameo, which has been increasing in the, these Marvel movies. We're recently. gonna make him a thing, god damn it. And um, I swear, I don't know if it's just like maybe it's just the guy they had in the suit. But he has the same head shape as Paul Rudd, and I think it'd be really funny if it is just Paul Rudd, just in a shitty Ant Man costume. You know, if it with no credit, with it being James Gunn, I could almost see like I could see that because <laughs> he did have he brought Fula Borg. He was the bartender at the club scene, right? Who was very briefly in the Suicide Squad. I think you even see like a picture of Margot Robbie mm-hmm. uh, when they're on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So there are like yeah. James Gunn, like, like right friends with police. And the reason Kevin Bacon is in this is because. Kevin Bacon was in James Gunn's movie, Super. He yep. was the bad guy. Um, there was a uh, Black Widow and a Captain Marvel cosplayer. Um, I feel like Mantis was giving a weird look to the Captain Marvel one, just like, this is wrong. You're not. Right. Um, as someone calls uh, Drax the God, God of, of War. War. That got me, but it's also like, James Gunn, is that 80 yard? Did you do that? Because God of War is coming out, or was that just also, already in the back? I could bet that he's just a fan of God of War, and probably even realizes like one Drax does look like it, and two Dave. To be honest, like they make a God of War movie, like he, he could definitely Dave Batista at least for a fucking stunt double or something. I mean, he he would actually be great. He, he's a really he's become a very very good actor. Yeah, I, li- I like Batista a lot, and honestly, now I really appreciate his Drax performance even more because like, oh, you're actually you are being funny because I've seen you do other things that uh, like this isn't just. You. It's like you're taking. It's the same thing. I give the props to the actor who plays the adult version of Shazam. Is he is playing exactly. a child? Like Drax is a child. Like he's just a really just understand mean kid. But he has the same humor as a kid. And it's like, and it's what makes him pair so well with Mantis is because she's basically a toddler. That was a so funny it's bit. Really fun when they're at Kevin Bacon's house and they've stolen some Christmas decorations. That was the joke that didn't land for, land for me. I didn't like that. It one. It doesn't necessarily land, but I don't know something about it that I like. Maybe that James ran with it longer than it probably should have. I think that's might be why. I didn't Where like Mantis it. gets a candy cane and Drax picks up one of those blow up elves, which he just calls funny little man. I like that. I didn't like that they were arguing if the candy cane was a man. I think it's just Palm. I can't say her last name. We'll just call her Mantis. It's a, it's like Clementia or something. I think it's her delivery of the line when Drax says, you get to keep your man. And she's like, how do you think this is a man? So before they get to Kevin Bacon's house, there is one more scene in that whole Hollywood thing where they're just sitting there staring at baby Jesus. I don't know why that got me so much, but that made me laugh out loud. Because it's just like a really weird, maybe. hard cut to it. And they're just like, it's like a slight pan of them just staring at a baby Jesus figure. Maybe there's a space Jesus in the MCU and they know that. Right. I mean, now that we know the GoBots are out there. And we also later learn that apparently the people in space hate actors. Yeah, that was good too. Adamantly. Because the big joke is that they think Kevin Bacon is the stories that Peter Quill has been telling them. They think right. he saved a town through dancing and all these other things. Also, I guess a little jump ahead, like Mantis has to use her powers and Kevin Bacon to get him to come along. Absolutely. And then when they find out he's an actor, they're disgusted. 
So she tells him to be a hero. That's a good Be line. those things. For whatever reason, Kevin Bacon takes it as like, I'm British now. I kill Nazis. And she's like, okay, don't be that. And then he's like, I'm Batman. Yeah. So I'm Bruce Wayne. The Eternals mentioned Superman. And Batman. It, so it's in both. In the MCU, DC Comics exist. Uh, I think in one of the Spider-Man movies, there is a Superman comic. Like, just straight yeah. up. Which is something I don't think you'll ever see DC do. They will never, ever mm-hmm. acknowledge, like, Mm-mm. Marvel. Any, maybe now that James is there, like, yeah, we'll do that. It's fine. It's I, I did like that. That was funny. And I also liked that his Batman voice was nothing. Like, that nothing was like funny. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I mean, Bruce Wayne. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> and, not uh, really. <laughs> um, There was one Marvel cameo. And it was from Eternals. And it was a poster for Kingo. Oh, I didn't see it, but I heard that. Yep. It's on top of the gay bar that they go to. That was, you know, that was kind of funny to me, too, that Drax is clearly being hit He's on. been hit on, and he's just like so... And obviously because he takes everything nothing. literally, he doesn't get it. He's but like, also, it chooses to not do anything with it. It was really weird, but also really funny. I liked it because he was just like, I don't dance. And he was like... Dancing is for people who are pathetic. It's like... Maybe you are being a bigot, Drex. <laughs> before we wrap up, I want to jump back to something I told you before you watched it, so I want to know how it affected you. How do you feel about Groot's look? I, he hit puberty. So in this, yeah, he's definitely, he, he's no longer tall. He's kind of squatted out, and he's bigger and He bulkier. looks like a Ninja Turtle. And apparently some people online thought that was a suit. And James <laughs> had to say, like, no, it's CGI. There is a but scene where I was like, I can see why someone would think that is a suit. And me watching, too, I was like, is it a suit? Because it, it, the design, more than any other Groot design, does look like you could make a suit and have someone in a Groot suit. Uh, I didn't mean to make that rhyme. That just happened. Groot I, suit riot. I was going to say, too, with um, the Kevin Bacon bits. Uh-huh. Just sprinkled in there. Just sprinkled in there. Um, I gaslit myself. Okay. I was like, it'd be really funny as he's talking about all these acting things. He should bring up how he played Magneto. I was like, he didn't play Magneto. He made Magneto's helmet because I don't remember that X Men movie. I wonder if maybe James did have an X Men thing in there, and but Marvel's the character like, is so nope, do meaningless and nothing that it's like, yeah, that's fine. Definitely the lore of X Men, he is actually very important. But and maybe Marvel know. even has a plan like we're going to use. I also know his name. He's Sebastian Shaw. Okay, <laughs> like we're going to use him. So like, don't say that he's him. But I totally thought that he was a Magneto for like half the movie. Not not literally in the in this uh, thing, but I was like, I kept telling myself, oh yeah, he's the young Magneto. Well, it's <laughs> a, a, a kind of weird little thing. Like he gets called by his wife, and it is actually his wife. He's married to the actress Kira Sedgwick, and like you didn't need to do that little That's detail, funny. but they did. I I don't know. It just feels like there was a very personal friend thing, and like we think that would be kind of cool. So eventually, we get back to nowhere. They present Peter with the present. Uh, honestly, he, pretty good. He is not okay with it because you've abducted a human being. You got more of an animated voice than you got in the Mario movie with that one. I guess I liked Chris. He's not in this very much, but I liked Chris Pratt in this. <laughs> uh, and also Nebula got some really fun stuff as well. Uh, she always looks like she's trying to be a badass no matter what she's doing. Specifically when Kevin decides, like, I'm going to hang out and sing a Christmas song, y'all. Uh, and Nebula's dancing. It's like she wouldn't know how to dance. So it, it does look like this goofy kind of robot thing, but she's but she also Okay, that's pretty funny. I didn't notice that. She can't not look like a badass either. So like she's just keeping this very stiff stoic. That's pretty funny. I like that. I didn't see that. I have to look back at it. Um 
the thing that I was thinking of is when she it's like her turn to pull the lights on at the end. She's like, oh, and like still like roughly pulls that lever over. Even yeah. though it's like you didn't have to do all that. Uh, she, she also delivers one of, one of my favorite lines in it too at towards the end where she's like, well, I guess all actors aren't pieces of shit. That was good. Yeah, I like that too. I will, I'll, I will admit, because I'm not a Christmas person, this actually did kind of put me in a Christmas spirit. Dude, I wrote that in my little nerds, or nerds, my little notes. Nerd notes by nerd, Nemo. My nerd Nemo's nerd notes. <laughs> it's a new segment, y'all. Nemo's nerd notes. Um, I'm not a Grinch. I'm not a Scrooge. But I don't really care that much for Christmas. But it doesn't bother me. But yet, the, at the end of it, it, like especially when it reveals that you know she is his sister, it's like this is really heartwarming. I actually really like this. I didn't tear up, but I felt the beginnings of like I could. It's down there. I could if I it's really there. wanted to. Like I could make this come up. Yeah, I was like. And honestly, I think it started when Nebula gave, because eventually everyone kind of gives people Christmas just, presents. Nebula gives Rocket Bucky's arm. That that one was like also one of those things that was like, <laughs> what? And it's his Wakanda <laughs> arm. It's not it's not his Winter Soldier arm because it doesn't have the star on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that's a funny callback too because, you know, he wanted it in Infinity He really War, wanted it. Which is great. She's like, well, she got him something he really wanted. And like Rocket's reaction of like, Bucky's arm? He even says Bucky's arm. It was just like, it took me a second. I was like, wait, what? And Nebula's almost begrudging, like, Merry Christmas. Like, I think, she really went out of her way to go rob this. I think that this started <laughs> the nugget of, like, emotions in me to where then when Mantis, <laughs> like, she's so afraid to tell Peter that. Right. Because she doesn't want him to think of Ego, who killed his mom, when he looks at her. And, of course, she does. She Gets it out there, and Peter's like, "That's the best gift I could ever be given." Because honestly, because now he has actual family, yeah, and and his surrogate family of the Guardians. But Literally. now you know he is. You're my actual A literal family. family member, which is like, oh, you're doomed, aren't you, dude? If Mantis dies in Guardians Three, that might actually like, that might it, it's it's gonna get. It me. It might hit me as hard as like Tony dying, in, and even Tony dying was like, well, we all got. It'll hit you as right? hard as Gamora hitting the ground. <laughs> Dropping like Harry Styles. <laughs> Good callback. It is the only bummer that Gamora can't be in this, right? You know they do reference her in that he he also, that he's also sad because it was he's nice they her. referenced her, and I wouldn't want them to resolve finding her. I feel like that's going to be a big part of Guardians Three for sure. It has to be. It is a little bit of a bummer of like everyone's here, but Gamora. That's the bittersweet aspect like of it. So though, Craglin with the Finn. It's so gross it's how really much gross. skin is up over the fin. <laughs> and part of me was like, is this just a bad makeup appliance? Or is you're like, nope, it's just fucking gross. Cause it, I, I did check in Thor, and it does look like that in Thor as well. I guess I didn't see it as much in Thor. Oh, or yeah, you're like distracted everything by the screaming. Maybe it was that. Where immediately with this, I'm just like, oh, God, that is a lot of skin up yeah, over the fin. It was pretty gross. But, you know, I remember James Gunn made trauma movies. He makes gross stuff. So yep. he so probably was like, it's yeah. some nice little body horror. But also, you know, to Sean Gunn's credit, too, like he dude, he was all in. <laughs> he he really had the other heartfelt scene where he's explaining to Kevin. They just wanted to do something nice for their friend. He talks about you like this, whatever, and, which is what makes Kevin decide. Like, it's also kind of real, though, that he was not only just like. Peter Quill's friend, he's almost his brother. Like, his, he, they were raised together. In a way, yeah. Like, I don't maybe almost, I'd say, uncle. Like, really young. Or, it's, it felt like they were both kids in that. No, he was definitely older, but 
He okay. was a younger okay. version of Craglin. Gotcha. Okay. Because uh, he was an adult. I mean, he, you know, he was with the Ravagers when they took him or whatever. I don't remember that part. Um, but we also get another flashback to the cartoon where Peter explains Craglin doesn't yeah. know the whole story. And you yeah. see Yondu. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was going to be a troll doll. I th- I wonder if they didn't have the rights to that. Because like, I mean, that's what it was in the first Guardians. Yeah, it was. But I could see now where it's like, no, you can't use trolls. All right, I guess I'll use this thing. I mean, Trolls World Tour has now came out uh, after the movie, so now and, it's a genuine thing again. That also was pretty heartwarming. And yeah, then we it's see nice that, that Mary Poppins has a heart after all. <laughs> and we also see that's where Peter got his... It's blasters. And it kind of makes it even cooler now to know, like, oh, he's had those since he was a kid. And I like that. They Now... They are a gift from uh, Yondu, so it kind of makes them even more important to him. Right, especially now. Oh, and the diorama, like, Groot gives everybody dioramas. I was going to say the, the dioramas. And the dioramas were literally just what happened in the special. That and he told Craglin. Ever, that what he, the things that Groot would have never seen. I guess maybe they told him. Because I mean, he did wheel out Kevin Bacon. I also wrote down the Craglin one. That was funny Craglin's was... A diorama of him getting the diorama of him getting the diorama. <laughs> I really like that joke. Peter Quill does give the worst gift. A Game Boy. The Game Boy? The original Game Boy? With no batteries. <laughs> and no magnifying screen. No link Night cable, light. no light. But Groot seems to love it. Um, This is where I'm going to put on my nerd glasses. <laughs> Actually, in Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2... Groot is playing a video game. You could see it at the end. He already has one. Now, isn't it one of the Tiger Electronic ones, or is it some weird space game? Space game. All right, then, yeah. But also, Drax has sensitive nipples. Why is he wearing shirts throughout the entire movie? Because Dave Bautista didn't want to do green makeup all over <laughs> his body. Like, I thought of that, too. Is like, weird how you're, like, you've kept the entire part of your chest covered this whole time. Yep. Like, but, oh. but also, it's like, yeah, I get you. I got you, dude. Like, that's that's fair. Maybe in, in the... Years that have spans as Groot has grown. He's gonna get his nipples cut off. Drax. No, no, he's he's gone to he's gone to Terra. He's come to Earth and he's discovered aloe vera. Oh, okay. There you go. For like pasties. Maybe he was wearing a bra. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he really like, you know, who knows what he discovered while he's down. He's got a brazier. Uh and then we do get a nice little fun in credits tag of Rocket and Cosmo doing and it's weird that it didn't even occur to me that they should do this until I saw it. I was like they're making Groot a Christmas tree. Oh, I missed that. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's very, very short. And it's just it's some hanging lights and stuff on Groot. And then Groot can't hold the pose long enough, so he drops his arms and all falls down. Okay. Cosmo says, Groot ruined Christmas again. And Rocket kind of turns to camera and says, well, now we have to do another special. They're going to get um, David I, Hasselhoff for that one. That will admit. I, I doubt that we will get one, but I kind of would. Like, next year, like do another Guardians Christmas. Do one with Gamora? So it is the whole crew, but unless you kill someone in Guardians 3, I guess. Okay. But with this, and also not being a Christmas guy, I was like, I would I would very much like a, another Christmas special for you guys. Or, you know, Marvel also, like, you could do a Christmas special with someone else. Isn't it weird that it, there are so many, like, controversies around the shows, yet both of these special presentations, it's been it's positive. Kind of universally loved. And also... Their effects have been no one's really, really decried the effects. Yeah, that was a, I, I kind of like kept an eye out to see if there's any shoddy effects, and honestly, there really wasn't for what this is too. Like and maybe we, some of the mantis jumping around is like some bad little, CGI. It's a little bit, but it's also at the nighttime, so it's like yeah. 
but as you, know, we tried to look up the budget for this before we started recording. We couldn't really find it, yeah, because I don't think it's going to. One, I don't know if any of the shows have had their budgets reported. To be honest, I, yeah. When I thought about that too, I didn't either. But apparently, this more than likely was rolled into his budget for Volume Three. Okay, since he's shooting with that, and, and he mentioned like, well, let me do extra production value of like the nowhere set. He's like, if this was just the show, I wouldn't have been able to do that. But since I'm shooting on this already for the movie, I, I can just shoot here. Which honestly, that works. And also, like, that seems like fun too to just be like on the movie set and be like, hey, you guys want to get in costume and let's just shoot something else. And this is kind of the bummer for me with the Disney Plus stuff of knowing that none of it will be released outside of Disney Plus. It would be this, nice to have this on a VHS tape. Or, I was going to say, this should be a bonus feature when Guardians 3 is released on, you know, on video. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. If, if James doesn't even tell him, he's like, I'm just going to fucking put it. I, I really would not be surprised because they did the whole music video thing, the Zardu Hassle for Al thing. That was an Shoot. extra feature. There used to be back in the day, there used to be DVD Easter eggs, stuff that would be hidden in the DVD. Oh, right, right. Yep. So, yeah, James, if you're listening, Merry Christmas. Put it in, like, just put it in there secretly. And, like, what do you care, dude? You're also, you're gone. You're going to DC. So, what what are they going to do? James gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, I would definitely recommend it. I mean, even if, again, even if you're not a Christmas person at all. Yeah. This is just, it's just, it's a little delight. There was one performance in the movie that did their job way better than everyone else. And it was the cops who started opening fire immediately as soon as they got there. <laughs> also, you know what's cool about that, though, is that we've never seen the Guardians or anyone, everything they've done against has been space stuff. We discover with this that Drax is bulletproof it and tickles. it tickles. He almost peed his pants. I mean, Drax kind of returned favor. He almost killed him because Mantis even said, like, you can't just kill people. Which is also like, is there going to be killing in this Christmas movie? (laughs) If it was James Gunn, not under Disney? Yeah, absolutely. Kevin Bacon probably would have died before he got back. They might have, like, launched him into space or something. I hope that there is some Kevin Bacon cameo in Guardians 3. That'd be nice. Even if it's just, like, maybe, like, a card, like a thank you card, like... Yeah, <laughs> something. Or, I mean, he, you know, he said he'll be back for Easter. Oh, you know what? I mean, that's something to end it off on, especially um, Kevin Bacon sings a song at the end. Well, he, I mean, he is a musician. He's He's got a rock band. And it's like with the, um, with old the 97s. 97s. The old 97s. I wondered if, I mean, they are friends too, but I wondered if Kevin was like, I'll do this, but you have to let me sing a song. I mean, honestly. But, uh, you know, it was good. Like, it was good. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Um, definitely way over don't worry darling for sure and yet you know what you know what's fucked about this entire thing 40 minutes is how long this special was and it told more story than don't worry darling did in two hours and it all made sense and it, it explained, also and it explained everything it did because at one point kevin's phone goes off in the spaceship and even i was like what the fuck and immediately it explained it <laughs> even kevin was like how do you have reception up here and it's like oh you got enough satellites you probably reach about 400 light years it's like all right, good enough. It's definitely been one of the more competent Marvel things that came out with this phase. Does this count as phase four or is this phase five? Oh. <laughs> I guess technically this would be phase five. How about that? So Guardians Christmas Special kicks off phase five. Setting the bar pretty high. There you go. Well, we're supposed to get Guardians, I believe, is next year. Yeah, all in all, I've enjoyed these Marvel special presentations. The and next one's going to suck, isn't it? And I kind of think they should lean into this more. But when I say that, I don't want a ton of these because there's too much. They're, they're doing too much. 
And I think some of these movies of late too have just felt like standalone comic book adventures, which is fine to a degree. But now you're just but making comic books again. But you've built a cinematic universe, so the movie should be big universe dealing stuff. You want to do little standalone comic book issues? Special presentation. That's exactly what you need to do. Kevin Feige, I am available for work. Absolutely. Well, this has been <laughs> uh, this has been that show, our show. Yeah. Shallow, Shallow Cinema. Cinema. Hit us up on all of our socials and such. Our Twitter that we have not posted yet on. <laughs> At Shallow Cinema Show. I don't yeah. like Twitter, you all. Also, I don't understand Spotify. I'm an old man. Things are very confusing for me. Just Spotify. hit me up on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we probably could stream on MySpace. Probably good. Fuck, they'd probably sponsor us. They might. Let's hit up Tom. He's my friend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Maybe if we're willing to do a Metaverse special, they would give us money. <laughs> we'll put the goggles on and we'll watch a movie. The Bell Beans, theater. Uh, Wherever you're hearing this, watching this, seeing this, taking it in, like, comment. Yeah, leave us some comments. Send us some fan mail at shallowcinemashow at gmail.com. Love to read anything. And tell your friends about it. Yeah, tell friends about it. It's not a cult. Kevin, if you listen to this, I want you to send us an email. All right, well, now it's out there. And every Kevin in the world can be like, <laughs> Yeah, there, see, that's the, that's the good trick is it could be Kevin Feige. So a running thing on the show will be emails from Kevin's <laughs> and The Witcher. Yeah, um, Geralt from Rivia. Hit me up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, I've been Nemo. I'm always Blackjack Bauer. And we'll, uh, we'll see you in the next one. Peace.